Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. If you're new to the show, welcome. Happy to have you. Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk, whatever, uh, is going to offend you, this may not be the show for you, but I'm hoping you stick around because my guest today is amazing. But then again, I only do amazing people. There you go. Ha! There you go. Anyway... Desperate House, which is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching and pagan needs. She's got a great line of stuff for Halloween this year. Check it out. And if you need that shipped overseas, check out www.theangrycauldron.com. They do Dorothy's international shipping. Again, Please visit Wicked Witch Studios at www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Okay, so my guest today is amazing and probably, in my opinion, one of the most popular pagans today, uh, author of Voodoo and Afro-Caribbean Paganism, Orisha's Goddesses and Voodoo Queens, and now the outstanding book, Water Magic, Elements of Witchcraft. I'm so happy to welcome the amazing Lilith Dorsey. Hey, Lilith. Hey, thank you so much for having me on, Rita. I love Desperate House Witches. It's one of my all-time favorite shows to do, and I was fortunate enough to meet you in person. (laughs) I know. I I I fell in love with you immediately. You're you're so and I thank you so much for saying all of those very kind words. When I met you, I thought, wow, the per this person has a glow. This person radiates. You radiate an energy that is amazing, folks. If you ever get a chance to meet them, Little Dorsey is incredible. Um, I thought first of all, beautiful, and even though you were tired, kind, approachable, and just open-hearted and a sweet person. I think you are a lot of what we're missing these days. A lot of people are fearful. A lot of people are, you know, more shut down publicly. And I just so appreciate you. You're so giving your spirit. You're just, I love the way you write. I love who you are. I think you're gorgeous. There you go. My opinion. Too bad. Crush. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's true. Crush. But, yes, no, I, I think you're amazing, and, and I'm so appreciative that you actually take the time to talk to me because I know how busy you are. Um, so what's been going on with you during this whole COVID thing? I mean, I know life is crazy everywhere. What's happening where you are? 
Yeah, well, I was one of the five, one in five people that moved during the pandemic. So uh, yeah. I moved from Brooklyn. I'm a longtime Brooklyn girl, and I finally moved to New Orleans. So that's probably the biggest Uh-oh. thing that's been going on for me since all of this, you know. And uh, it's yeah. lovely. I'm loving it. I'm loving it, you know, being able to have some green around me. I mean, I miss the city terribly, but I'm still in a sure. city. And <laughs> now yep. I just have a big yard yep. that I can play around in, which I, I think it's funny. A lot of people seem to turn back to those kinds of basic things now, you know, and those are things I always love, gardening and cooking and all of that stuff. So this just allows me a little bit of a different way to do that. You know, so that's the biggest thing that happened with me. But I'm just trying to, you know, keep scratching and keep on keeping on, as my grandfather would say. But there were two books that I released this year. This is the second one. It just came out last week. So I'm really appreciative of you, Raina, that you you read it and you love it. And uh, it was it was hard. I mean, it was hard because it's part of a series that Llewellyn's doing and I'm only doing the water magic one, but most people don't think of me as a water witch. But the more I started thinking about it, the more I was like, wait a minute, this kind of makes sense. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've always been around Absolutely. water. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I grew up in Brooklyn, you know, kind of Bay Ridge, which, you know, for anybody who knows is actually kind of right there where the river goes out to the ocean. So it's, it's been this place that was like sort of magical and and had its own charm, even though a lot of people don't realize that. And even where I live now here, I keep joking that it's the swamp because my yard floods a lot, but it's right between the canal and the Mississippi. So it's again, I'm like (laughs) right there between one body of water and another big body of water. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's been a very busy year. <laughs> yeah. Holla, holla. Yeah. Holla, holla. Listen, I'm Flatbush. <laughs> Western Avenue boat. Oh, that's, that's where I'm from. That's right. Wow. That's so funny. Wow. I I didn't even real I knew you were in Brooklyn for many years. I didn't realize you were from Brooklyn. That's cool. Yeah, I used to go to parties. People be like, Where are you from? And I'm like, Brooklyn. They're like, No, no, where are you really from? I'm like, excuse me, I'm really actually from Brooklyn. <laughs> I know, right? You like need to carry a birth certificate to show people. It's like, oh, you should, you really are from Brooklyn. Fuck, okay. Yeah, all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, I really am. I really am. You know. Oh, my God. So, but, so, did, so like other you. people, did you have – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You first. No, I was just going to say thank you for saying that I was real, you know, because I think that that's – you know, hard to do these days, you know, and, and I've always just been a real Brooklyn girl and that's who I am. That's amazing. And, and you're an amazing person. I just think the world of you, I know a lot of people do and it's with good reason because you're a genuine soul and there's folks who are nice and there's folks who are not so nice, but to find a real genuine soul is not the same thing as either of those. You know, you just happen to be a genuine soul with a really super nature. I mean, like I said, the minute I met you, I was like, wow, so cool. I feel comfortable. I don't feel intimidated. Because sometimes we Brooklyn people, you know what I'm saying? Like people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk to that person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. That person might take my leg. scared, too. Yeah. 
Some people get scared because I've written so many books or do so many workshops or make films or, you know, choreograph or talk to John. I do so many different things that they think I should be unapproachable or I should be boastful or something like that. And I'm just like, I am who I am, you know. And that's that's, that's part of why you're so amazing because knowing as much as I did about you when I met you, I was like, oh, this person is going to not want to have anything to do with me because I'm nobody on the scene, you know what I'm saying? And you were just like as nice as you please and talkative and didn't have any kind of airs, no weirdness, no nothing. So I'm, I'm for any podcasters who are listening to the show right now, and I understand that there are a few who actually listen to this show, y'all are crazy, but I love you. Um, <laughs> you are are looking for a fabulous guest, ding, ding, ding. I'll, I'll help you out. I'll hook you up. If you're nice, I'll hook you up. That's all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you're just – you're really a sweet a sweet soul, and I just really appreciate that about you because a lot of folks do kind of have – you know, that don't you know who I am situation with them, and you're just not like that, and I think that's really cool. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah. <laughs> have you had a lot of things canceled this year? Are you, you know, what's what's life looking like for folks who, you know, normally do all of these festivals and stuff and, and are giving public, you know, give public talks and, and classes and what, workshops and whatnot, how has it all affected you? It's been really hard, you know. I mean, I think it's it's hard professionally, obviously, because COVID has caused so many problems. I know there's a lot of people out there, especially right now, who are, like, wondering even when they're going to get the water magic. So things are delayed. But it's they have it. It's going to ship soon. So all of that's getting taken care of. But there's just so much unknown, you know. And when I premiered the last book, Arisha's Goddesses and Voodoo Queens, I was going to have a giant book release at my friend's coffee shop in yeah. Brooklyn. And we were going to have concerts. And which Dr. Uchu yeah. was going to come down from Canada. I know he's been on your show before. You know, so it was going to be like this big, family party we were having up in the hood Mm -hmm. and the reality of it is that it had to get canceled you know and and I probably would have done something else like that for this book because he has a piece in this book with me as do some of my very good you know friends and and accomplished famous pagans and uh, that was something I really wanted to bring other people's message, not just mine. You know, I mean, part of my, I think, humility, part of the way I was raised was that you're supposed to, you know, share things with your friends. You're supposed to, you know, help lift up others and stuff like that, you know. And and even if they don't necessarily need lifting up in their own little circles, you know, maybe I can introduce them to another audience and people can understand another person that they might not have looked at in that way before. And, And that's something that's really special to me. You know, people did it for me. People helped me. And uh, I try and give back twice as much because I I think that's what's important. And sometimes I get letters from, you know, young black women that are writing and and they say I'm an inspiration. And it really makes me cry because that's why I write. I want people to know that have been people who have been marginalized, people that have been underrepresented, that they can have a voice. And and if they try hard and uh, keep at it, then then they can get their information and their, their words out there. Yeah, it just speaks to the generosity of your soul. And, and it's just the, that's something when it comes to you that continuously comes up for me as a theme, generosity of soul, 
a good person, a person who uplifts other people around them. I mean, there's not a lot of folks like you. So when I, you know, I know I, I go on a lot about it, but I think folks need to understand how important it is when you get any kind of a voice that you elevate folks with you because, you know, a rising tide is supposed to lift all boats, not just yours. You know what I mean? And I think we're in a world right now that relies a lot it, it relies a lot on, you know, the one person and, and people not taking others with them and not caring enough about the world around them. And I think a lot of it starts at the top of the ticket, if you know what I'm saying, and I know you do. Um, no, definitely. So it's very, definitely. Yeah, so it's, it's really important to me to, like, have somebody – because I think you're a fantastic role model – I'm a bit older than you, and I still like. I still think of you as one of my heroes, just because you're the kind of woman I aspire to be. You're the kind of person I aspire oh, to you. be. Yeah, no, I, I, oh, I think you deserve you. that honor, and I, I and I think we should honor each other um, for the brilliant and beautiful things we do. And I think you're a brilliant and beautiful person, so I do talk about that a lot because. I want folks to understand. It's not that other people aren't wonderful, but there are people who are especially concerned about others around them. And I I find that to be something that's so lacking. So I just want you to continuously know how much I appreciate that aspect of you. And I think we need to nurture that because people, I think people start with an open heart, don't you? And then they get beat down by the world. Definitely. And I, I think a lot of it comes from insecurity. You know, my goddaughter wants me to start a blog series about called shit my grandpa used to say, but he used to say <laughs> everybody's all about the wow. cult of the imperial me. And I just love this, the cult of the imperial me. You know what I mean? It's all about me, 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 because I think they really genuinely are insecure or, or something, you know, and it's sad. It's sad. It doesn't make me angry. It makes me sad, and it makes me wish that there was something different out there. Turn, I'm not going to let them get over on me. You know, he he was <laughs> he was state yeah. labor commissioner for New York since uh, we're talking about New York, and uh, then he got arrested because he took a bribe at Breezy Point. And <laughs> Wow. And he had to go to Rikers. And, uh, yeah, it was rough. It was a, you know, it was a rough time. It was a rough time. But I I, I love these ancestor stories. You know, I had to share that with you. I thought you'd appreciate that. (laughs) I do. Yeah, of course. Because that's something I would say. Shit my grandmother, because I never met any of my grandfathers. So it's definitely Mm -hmm. shit my grandmother used to say, but here's the thing. Now that I'm at a almost grandmotherly age, what one would typically think of as a grandmotherly age, um, yes. you know, I'm, I'll be 60 in the next year. Uh, so it's like, you know, now it's the shit I'm saying. <laughs> so somebody's going to have to resemble yeah. with me. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, now it's the stuff I say. say. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, actually, the words mumbo jumbo that means grandmother wisdom. That's like a bastardization of the, of the original, you know, Yoruba words for grandmother wisdom, which I think is hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, so to everybody else who's not paying attention, they thought it was nonsense. But mumbo jumbo was really like wisdom and and you know stuff they were passing down to us from you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. 
So let's let's dive into this book because this book is the deal. This book okay. is the situation. All right. So, what made you write a book about water magic specifically? Well, I mean, my editor Heather Green, who a lot of people know because she used to be with the Wild Hunt before she was at Llewellyn, but and she's an author in her own right, but. She came to me and she said she had this idea that was really going to be everything you could ever need to know about the elements in one book. And it was going to be a series. There's only four of them. I'm the first one, Water Magic, because they wanted to do it seasonally. So they're, you know, releasing it now in the water time of year. And it was, it was a challenge. And like I said, it was a struggle at first to see how I even fit into this topic. I mean, you've talked to me a lot, so you could probably guess I'm an yeah. Aries with a Libra rising and a Libra moon. So I'm, I'm, I can get on the intellectual trips. And I, I, my other thing my grandmother used to say was me first. So I think <laughs> I can be loud if I need to. And I can be, you know, I can be logical about it. And I have that information, you know. So I certainly, I like the idea. I like, I mean, up until now, I've been with other publishers. I was with Wiser for my last two books. And before that, I was with Kensington. So the chance to become a Llewellyn author really was almost, you know, achievement unlocked kind of moment because, you know, I grew up Uh with Llewellyn books and as so many of us did of a certain age. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, just saying. So the chance to work with them and maybe do things slightly differently and and experience, you know, a different way of putting things together, especially when they really wanted me to do it, which was an honor to be able to do that. So, And then I just sat down and thought, okay, well, what goes into water magic? So they had some basic ideas, but I, I kind of expanded it a little bit because, as I said, I really wanted to include, there's a piece in there from, uh, you know, my dear friend Miguel Saguet, who is a Taino elder. So I wanted to include, you know, indigenous people. I wanted to include people like Witch Dr. Utu, who has his connection to the sacred waters up there in Niagara. I wanted to include my friend Allison, who's a linguist. And I wanted to know the linguistic, you know, history of the word water, because that's, again, I think helps unlock some of the magic to it and helps us understand what it is we're doing when we look into it. And then it just got fun. Then it just got fun writing about, like, oh, okay, what's all the folklore? What? There's Japanese anus-sucking vampires in the water? (laughs) Yeah. I got to that part of the research, and I was like, holy crap, man. (laughs) This book is getting stranger and stranger as time goes on. So, But it really was a lot of fun (laughs) going into the depths (laughs) of water and, and coming back up with some things that I think are really useful and necessary for people. You know, when I started reading the book, I was like, oh, wow. Oh, what? what? Because here's the thing. It seems like, and I don't know how you did this, but you got every possible water god, Orisha, Loa, everybody is in this book. And I'm like, I had no idea about 90% of this. Every practice, every every country, every location, every like small hamlet has something different about water or some way that they incorporate it. 
and you found these spirits, and, and it was just like, holy crap, I can't keep up with all of these different names. I didn't even know some of them existed. And then there was stuff, like, you talked about the Pittsburgh. I don't have the book in front of me because I was using a, a an online to look at it, and it, yes. it I can't I can't pull it off with me. I didn't have a, a printer to, like, print my favorite pages yet. So I'm, like, trying to remember everything I really loved. But the the something about the three rivers meeting in Pittsburgh, it's like special magic in one place. Do you, am, I'm, I'm screwing this up, aren't I? Do you know what I'm talking about? There's a three rivers no, no, that exactly meet in one what area. what you're talking about. Oh, okay, Yes, cool. my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. My friend, Fat Mandy, who a lot of people know, she calls herself Pittsburgh Famous. She's a very, she just won another Pittsburgh Famous Musician Award, but she's a, a wonderful jazz singer and musician from Pittsburgh yes. and also a very spiritual person. And I've spent a lot of time with her there. And when we were just talking about the magical waters there and all the waters, the three rivers, the Allegheny, the Mangahela, and the Ohio meet yes. in Pittsburgh. Yes. You know? So uh-huh. that's just such a sacred place. And she's got a contribution, a poem in the book. She's so happy now she's published author. But, uh, <laughs> yes. but it's, it's just, yes. I wanted to point out to people that, yes, there's, especially now, you know, like, and that was really, I don't know, it warmed my heart that you said that about that this book was especially useful now. You know, when I wrote it, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I can go take a trip to this sacred river in Peru or this sacred waterfall in Washington state or, you know, all these places all over the world. You know, my friend had just come back from some of the doing a sacred pilgrimage in Nepal and, you know, talking about the sacred waters Mm -hmm. there. And these were all places that I was like, Oh, won't that be great? Like I can finish the book and then I can like have a bucket list and check off all the places. And, and now it's like, Oh, well, yeah, maybe someday, you know, but like a piece from Mandy was about how your sacred water is as close as your faucet or as your backyard or as down the road, yeah. you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you go to Lords to take a sacred bath or you go to Bath in England to take a sacred bath, you know, you can create those things in your own space. You know, one of my favorite teachers and and mentors and someone I've had the honor of listening to speak is John Mason, who's a Yoruba elder and uh, Babalawa. And he likes to say that the ATRs, African traditional religions, are like a fractal and they can shrink or expand depending on the situation. And I think that when we think about our spirituality as a fractal, we can make it small and keep it in the house and still be just as sacred as if we went and, you know, 2,000 miles around the world to go to the pilgrimage. It's a different experience, but it can still be really meaningful yeah. and it can hopefully be what we need at the time. Yeah, I, and and it's beautiful that you you don't have to do anything special. You can just be there with the body of water. Like right after I was done reading, I went to the and you're gonna laugh at me. Well, you no, actually you won't laugh at me. But I went to the sink and I poured a glass of water, and I did a ritual right there in a glass with the glass of water. And I'm like, nice. this is so. You know, as somebody who was raised Gardnerian, you know, Gardnerianism back in the day, and I'm talking about like 80s, 70s, 80s, 
you know, it did rely a lot on the theatrics, the aesthetic, as it sure. were. Although I'm starting to, I'm starting to hate the word aesthetic because people just throw it around for no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I get maybe it's my age. I get annoyed by stupid shit like that, but whatever. But you know, <laughs> it was all about how it looked. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, but it I was know all exactly about how things saying. looked. Yeah, I mean, it was about how things looked as opposed to how they felt. You were supposed to feel that certain things were supposed to evoke a certain response. And we got conditioned that the pretties and the shinies are what help you evoke that response. Listen, I love a pretty and a shiny all goddamn day. It don't mean it's fucking magical, okay? It's very simple. The, the magic yeah. comes from within. The magic comes from the, out, the outside of you through spirit. And that's really what you need. That's what makes magic personal and connected. If you've got the same goddamn wand as 62 other bitches, you should ain't, you know, it's not <laughs> organic to you. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is true. So it's this a, is very true. You know, so that's part of, and that's part of another thing that I love about the way you write. It's not, it's about you and spirit and what you're working with. And in this case, it's water. And now it's like, you know, I go take a bath, I bless the water. I don't think about this shit. Now you can think about it and make yourself better in certain ways and more proactive in your magic in simpler ways. Magic is not supposed to be complex like people are making it out to be. You're supposed to be able to draw from within to bless yourself and the world around you and your loved ones and your friends and all the people and things you care about. And that's really what it's about, right? Affecting great changes. Sure, sure. And I agree. I think you have to be able to do that with the simplest of things, you know, and, and water is so important. I mean, it's most of our planet. It's most of our body. It's most of our heart and our brain and, and all of these things. So it's, and we have it in our house. Hopefully, you know, unless you know. So we 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 have this we have this at our disposal, you know, and and we can't live without it. Honestly, you know, I, there was a section that they wanted me to complete about substitutes, you know, and I simply wrote in the chapter, water, there is no substitute, you know, because, mm-hmm. and, and I feel that in a way, I kind of feel that about all the elements, really, because, you know, it came up because I did a post called Fire, There Is No Substitute, me and uh one of my friends were doing a workshop in New Orleans and it was in a hotel here and there were like no open flame, which is something that now it's like a regular thing for hotels, but this was the first time. And I was just like, we can't like, it's it's not, we could get some, you know, those little candles, the electric candles from the dollar store, but it's not the same thing really, (laughs) you know? Yeah, the same thing that, you know, okay. So, you know, I I, I think that that water, but fortunately, we have it in a whole bunch of different ways all around us. So once we understand that, we can use all those different ways for all the things that we need. So, yeah, I tried to put all of that in the book. I really did. I really tried to put everything that people would need for using water in every different way. So it wasn't easy, but uh, I did it. And I like it. I'm really happy with the way the book came out. I am. I'm really happy now that I see it. extremely proud. Yeah, I mean, it's 
it's really a great, I mean, and even though I had a, a certain kind of copy, I'm waiting for like my real copy, just saying, um, <laughs> because it is important. First of all, books are still important to me, like real books yes. in your hand, yes. holding on to them. Call me old fashioned. It's all right. I don't care, but I love a solid book. There's nothing, I'm not down in Kindle for anybody except for me because yes. it's a personal preference, obviously. But, you know, it's funny, you talk about, oh, well, we could have used electric candles, the little electric uh, tea lights. But when you're working with elemental magic, it kind of helps to have the element. I'm just saying. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. You know, and I, I think I think the idea that you can, you know, use water magic in more than just, because when folks hear the word magic, I know a lot of folks go to ritual uh, a lot of folks go to, you know, like private circle, stuff like that. But it's really about incorporating the magic into everything you do. Because like you said, water is in everything. It's in your body. It's in, it's in your heart. It's everywhere. It's everywhere around us. And you don't need to go someplace fancy, um, you know. And there's folks who have different ways of doing uh, uh, water magic. I, I had talked to another person who was very much into thank the water, appreciate the water. You know, you can find this body of water here, this body of water there. Lovely book, lovely book. Um, but this this one's really super intensive as far as if you want to know anything about water magic, and I'm talking about like pretty much any question you could have is in this book. So, your book is amazing for that. It's got all the details. How long did it take you to write this book? I'm a really quick writer, you know, and, and we were talking before and you said I get to the point, you know. So part of the thing for me, it's always hard to, like, come up with the word count because, you know, your publisher says it's got to be X long, you know. So I can probably <laughs> do it in, you know, I can do it in five notes, Alex, you know, like <laughs> – I, I'm, I, you know, that's why I like writing the blog, Voodoo Universe, because I can just do, okay, I, I'm going to say what I need to say, and as long as it's 300 words, it's good to go, you know, and a lot, that's a lot of people's uh-huh. attention spans, so it took me yeah. probably about six weeks, but I, I, you know, I was doing stuff during the day, I had two little kids, not mine, but a friend of mine's kids that I had to watch at the same time, so that was watching sure. two little kids all week and writing when I was done with that. So it was, uh, uh, I didn't have a Christmas last year because they gave me a end of the year deadline. So I was like, am I going to make it? You know? So yeah, my Christmas was spent, uh, Yule was spent writing water magic. So um, I, did, wow. I do remember back, I think I tried to have a party. I did a post about best, you know, pagan witchy Christmas cookies. And then I invited everybody over and nobody yes. showed up because <laughs> they were, and I ate all oh, the wow. I was, you know, I was all salty. I was like, well, screw you people. <laughs> Somebody called four right? hours after it started and was like, can I still come? And I was like, no, you can't still come no. four hours later. <laughs> And curses to you for making me eat all these cookies. I was as big as a house now, you know. So, but I gave them to the kids. They liked it's it. So it was fun. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm a quick writer, especially if I don't really have anything else to do. And I know that sounds like I had a lot to do, but for me, that was that was easy. You know, just having one book, one blog, and and two kids to look after all the time. Yeah, that was fine. 
yeah, yeah. Okay, you so. could have stopped me at two kids, and I would have been done right there. Because I, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know how you pulled all that off watching two kids. No, thank you. Uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I love kids. Uh-huh. It's funny because people look at me and they don't think I do, and then they see me get around a kid, and I'm just like, it's my people, you know. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. I just love kids. No. I really do. I really, really I know do. You do. And you're. And you're amazing. And you know what? I had trouble loving my own. No, I mean, not really, but I was, I was never a kid person. And I think one day if I have grandchildren, no, I don't think it's going to change. I got to tell you, my mother wasn't a grandchild person. You know, my mother never watched my kids alone. She never watched my kids, period. I mean, yeah, I just come, I come from a line of women who are like, okay, we're going to produce this and we're going to hope shit's okay. And that's that, you know, that's like, we're going that's to do our funny. best to make sure the bitches stay alive. That's what we're doing. <laughs> that's an Arisa, the Arisa Oshun, who I write about in the book, the Yoruba spirit of water. Mm-hmm. She has kids and then she gives them to her sister to raise, you know, like that's such yeah. an Oshun thing. Yeah. It's just like have the kids and that's like, okay. You know, you're mine, but I'm not going to deal with the, you know, runny nose and diaper changing. And like, <laughs> I mean, it's not fun. It's but, fun. You know, honestly, yeah, I have other shit to do. And somebody with self-created drama. You know what I mean? Like, that's who I don't have patience oh, yeah. for, you know. And uh, yeah. when I did the book about love magic, it was funny because I just got an insane amount of clients that wanted readings about, you know, uh, well, you know, he doesn't love me. And, you know, we work together and I'm thinking about putting some stuff in his food in the break room, you know, and it was just like, oh, <laughs> oh my God, sweetie, man, stop it. Like, you're nuts, you know, I mean, no disrespect, yeah. but that's crazy, you know, like that's. Yeah. There's, there's so much, and and that's really not even what the Love Magic book was about. It was about finding the best love for you, you know, which clearly yeah. was not this person who was at work with this woman, you know. So uh, sure. I saw something today. You would have loved this. Somebody sent me a meme about some old Eastern European woman in the 1800s who sold love potions that were really cyanide. And I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> Could have think I'm mean, but like you know, there's certainly been thoughts where people would tell me about their partners being, you know, horrible, and I was like, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think you need a love potion. I think you need something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I used to do readings. I, I did readings for years, and the the standard questions are, can you help me get a job, and is he cheating? And my first aunt, it's like, I'm not reading for you. And is why aren't you reading for me? I'm, I'm paying you. I'm like, here's your money back. Bitch, you know he's cheating. Why do you need me to tell you? Yep. Take your money yep. and go, go buy yourself something and leave his ass and get a new one because there's going to be a new one. Just go get yourself the new one and stop wasting your time with this fool that you're with. I don't understand. See, people, people want a confirmation or they think it's like because you do a reading, it's hard and fast evidence. Like you have busted the oh, person. Sure. You already you already know what that person of is doing. Do. You don't need to ask me. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Of course they do. <laughs> the ones I love are the ones that get like three or four readings on the same thing, and I'm just like, oh well, another psychic told me that too, and I was like, 
well, what are you doing here? How many people do you need to tell you what you already know? Damn it. You know, like, I mean, I would turn them away, but you know what? Half the time I know they'll just go to somebody else who will take the money. So I feel like, okay, well, maybe I'll get some useful information in there in addition to whatever thing that they're misguided about. You know, one of the first people I ever did a reading for or a spell work for, she couldn't pay the uh, gas bill or the electric bill or something, and she was obsessed with trying to win the lottery so she could pay this couple hundred dollar bill. So we did the work, and then she won the lottery, and then her husband died three days later. So, you know, it's... Wow. can be. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't think it was because she had done the spell. I think she was just not paying attention to what she should pay attention to. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if there's a speck of dirt on the floor if your kitchen's on fire, you know? So you need to just pay attention. And that's what I think reading is really for. Like, what am I supposed to pay attention to? What am I supposed to concentrate on? You know, is there anything I can do to change this? Because sometimes there isn't. But, you know, that's where we are. Yeah, yeah. It's a preparation system. I think people rely on psychics and readers to do the work that they should be doing themselves or for confirmation of things that they're already feeling or they are hunting for someone who is going to agree with their theory on whatever it is. And that's yes. and I'm so glad you said that because that's really not what going to a reader or an intuitive is actually for. You really should be going to find out maybe some areas in your life that you that are coming up that you need to pay attention to um, right. because what you're asking about, the specific thing you're asking about, you really already know the answer um, because I've never had anybody not know the answer. Do you know what I mean? Sure. It's like you already yes. know. Yes. You're asking me things that you already yes. know. Can we yes. talk about... This particular aspect about your parent, however, I think you're having a situation in this relationship, and it's like, no, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about my love life. And I'm here to tell you, as old as I am and as many times as I've been married, I'm going to tell you that relationships are lovely. They change. They mutate. Sometimes they end. Sometimes new ones come along, and you must be open to the possibility because everybody in your life, for good or bad, is somehow a gift, somehow a teachable moment. So be open to things changing because you may not – when somebody does a reading and they tell you this relationship's going to end, you may not be ready for it in the moment, but at the point that the relationship is going to end – you might be the one ending it, so relax, because <laughs> it might be sure. a good thing. Yeah, go with that flow. Go with that flow. It's all right. Everything's going to be all right. Just don't hurt anybody yeah. intentionally or yourself unless you have yeah. to. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I you agree. Know. I agree completely. But yeah, now that yeah, I'm further I away think... from that book, I don't get as many of those readings. So, you know, I, I've got a <laughs> bunch of good reading clients out of the Arisha's book, which is beautiful. And uh, hopefully yeah. I'll get a lot of good clients out of Water Magic, you know. You just yeah, so you much work before. on this book, though. I'll I know. You were asking before about, you know, things that I do now that I can't go everywhere. So, you know, it's been a lot of online events. It's been a lot of online workshops and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's just different, you know, 
I think it, it's hard both personally and professionally, you know, because I, I don't get to see people that's, you know, there's events that I've done for 25 years, you know, and, and I'm not there this year. And, that, and that's really difficult, you know, and then the other side professionally, like I said, there's delays and it's just getting it in front of people and, and getting people to really understand what I'm talking about long distance. So, but but I think I mean I did go to NYU film school, so I think this transition to and I'm not you know tech ignorant, so I think that this tradition <laughs> this transition to online has not been as hard for me as some people, you know I don't know if you were at this event I did an event a few months ago I won't say what it was but we're on the Zoom call and somebody didn't mute themselves you know and how the camera picks up when it's on them so we're in the opening circle for the event and I'm watching somebody put deodorant on their tits and I was like. This is classic. Whoa! Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was not like, aware of that. I was like, this is great, man. Like, I'm going to remember this forever. That was a beautiful moment right there. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, if the yeah. camera's on. The camera's always on. Just assume, just assume that everybody sees what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. It was hilarious. So I wanted to ask oh you. That's funny as hell. <laughs> but I wanted to ask I you, do you see any of this changing? Do you have anything you'd like to um, predict, encourage um, next year, this year, election year? Is there anything specific you're picking up or getting a feeling or want to discuss? I mean, I think that it's going to be a while before we're done dealing with this virus. I mean, I think that's obvious. That's not even necessarily a psychic feeling. That's just looking at Europe and watching them have struggles, even though they, you know, really entering into the second wave that they were telling us about. So I think that's going to be very difficult. And I think the psychological toll it's taking on people is Mm. very difficult. You know, and, and I see all these things, people going back to work, kids going back to school, and I think that, you know, that people are not being as safe as they should be, and that makes me sad. It makes me really sad. Politically, I don't have much faith in America right now. Uh, I wish I did, but I really don't, and I really, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why people aren't seeing what's right in front of them, because to so many of us it seems obvious but there's people just want to be the emperor has no clothes and the emperor has no, you know, virus. The emperor has no mind. The emperor has no mask. You know, it's just a real big shit show. So, uh, (laughs) but some people still don't see that. Some people still don't see that. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to make a prediction. All these people we will see by the end of the day. I had a whole bunch of friends predicting that he was going to be dead by the end of the day. I was like, okay, we'll see. Right. You know, but, yeah, I, I tend not to go with those things. I just do what I can to protect myself, and hopefully I can navigate through it safely, and the people I love can navigate through it safely. That's all I can do. That's all I can do, you know. I mean, I'm not one of these people that goes out and, and, and tries to do big, gigantic things because I, and, and makes a whole big public mm-hmm. spectacle about it because I think yeah. that – but the most effective things that you do are not going to be for Instagram, you know, or social media right. or something like that, you know. Yeah, so you know, so that's where I am with joke. that. 
Yeah, I posted a joke, you know, that um, to save your your, your kind of like your thoughts and prayers or don't be throwing well wishes on it. We've been working on this for months. And people were just like freaked out. I'm like, I'm fucking joking. That's Take great. a chill. And it was oh, based yeah. on all of these folks doing this whole you know, oh, we're going to, you know, pu- we're going to do a public casting. I'm like, no, no, boo-boo, don't do that. I mean, mine was a joke. I was, I, it was supposed to be intended yeah. to be funny. And I think some folks, like, they didn't catch that it was funny. Um, no, of course. I missed it. I missed it on the joke part, but okay. Um, but no, I find that the most effective magic is between you and whatever deity or not deity or whatever it is you're working with. And I think, you know, do I think these things have an effect? Sure. But I think, like you said, the stuff that you do that's real work is not for Instagram. You know, I don't put my rituals and shit up on public display. I think that's madness. And I think you you invite energies that are not working with you when you do that. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. You know, I teach my god kids that. You know, my, one of my goddaughters the other day posted that meme that was just the um, you know blue evil eye bead. You know, getting getting all haters yeah. off her page. And I was like, that's great because I, I mean, I think that's certainly something I didn't really. I mean, I, I knew it was. I, I'm i old school witch, you know, and I've been around for a yeah. while, and I remember hearing, you know, some of the popular pagan authors of the, you know, 80s and 90s telling me that they had mm-hmm. death threats and they had, you know, all these other insane things going on once they became big pagan authors, you know. And yeah. I think that I kind of had a hint as, as to what would be going on, but now that I... You know, when I checked uh, this morning, Arisha's Goddesses and Voodoo Queens was still at number one, which I think is amazing, since it was released right back on. in May. So yep. in the goddess category and everything. But, you know, <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, but, but the more attention it gets, the more I, haters I realize I have. And, and I just, I don't engage with it. I just do what I need to do to stay protected and stay safe, you know. But I, I think that this is something that a lot of people are missing out there, putting all their business out there and putting all their stuff out there. And, and it, it's back to the imperial means again, like we were talking about before, you know. It's all about the show, as my friend says, you know, and it, it's not about yeah. the work. And, and you know, I think that most of the people I know and respect in the community know that it's all about the work and not about the show or about, you know, sure. Oh, I have 200,000 Instagram followers or whatever, you know, I mean, that might get you more money or more cachet, but the the reality of it is when the storm comes, you know, where's your attention going to be? Exactly. And I think too many people, and there are some pagans who have been, and unfortunately there's some pagans who have been around a really long time and respected members of the community. However, when everything you do on a daily basis is for public display, I, I'm, I'm losing sight of your intentions, and I think you are too. You know what I mean? Like the person doing it is losing yes. sight of what it's supposed to be about. So I kind of shy away from like the constant, you know, I, I don't post a lot of pictures, period. Uh, I'm extremely political, yeah. so that's a lot of where my attention goes. Um, right. Because I think it's an important thing, you know, when you're when you're young, 
it's all about the musicians. Remember when musicians were the big thing? Like, you oh, know, yeah. who did you have more crushes on? And, you know, who, what singer did you oh, love? Yeah. And whose music spoke to you? When you get older of a certain age and music stops being the main focus, you start, you start treating some politicians like rock stars. You know, like, I met Bill Clinton. I met John Kerry. I've met a lot of folks sure. that are that I thought were pretty cool people. So, you know, it changes. That that fandom is still there, but it does shift into something else. So but my point is just be careful of who you look up to as far as members of the community because some people, while well-intentioned, um, are not doing the work that you think they're doing. It may seem like it, but don't don't be a show pagan. Be a real pagan hang out and be groovy. Like this amazing guest that I have on here. They're a great <laughs> person. They hang out and they're just groovy and a great conversationalist and can talk to you about anything. And and that's really what it's about. It's about connections between people. It's about, you know, using whatever you do for the benefit to the good, you know, to raise yeah. to raise spirits, your own and others, I think is so important, especially in these downtimes, these times where things yeah. are depressing and, you know, holidays are coming soon and, and a lot of people are not going to be able to connect like they did a year ago. Yeah. It, this, yeah. this thing is still happening. It's still happening. Just because right. some people want to tell you that it's ending, the, the virus don't give a shit what people are saying. No. The virus is here, you know. So it's important to just, you know, do your work, do your work, do your work. If you have time because things got canceled, do your work. You know, there's other ways to connect with folks. But bringing it back to the book, water is always there. Water is always there. And rain. talk about rainwater. I know I'm, like, all over the place. I just, I, I love talking to you. <laughs> but talk about why Talk about why rainwater is specifically amazing to use in magic. My God, kids get so mad at me because I make them get uh, Beltane or, or May rainwater, you know, as close to Beltane uh-huh. or Beltane as possible. They get so mad at sure. me because, you know, the minute it started raining where any of them live, I'm like, get out there, put the bowls out. <laughs> Because, I mean, it it really does have that energy of change, you know. I mean, and I suppose if you're in the Southern Hemisphere listening to this, you know, it's going to be your Beltane soon. So get out there with the bowl, you know. So That's just right. these, these <laughs> axes of the year have a different, we call it ashe, but energetic frequency, you know. And what I've, I was always taught to use May rainwater and spells, you know, if you if it's not May and you don't have any, well, you know, use whatever water you can get, hopefully rainwater. But rainwater really, you know, it helps things to transform. It's like so cleansing. It's so blessing. It's kind of like a shower for the whole, you know, universe when it comes out of the sky. And it's mm-hmm. something that I put in so many of my spells, especially if it's Beltane, rainwater, for you know, newness and rebirth and beginning things again. And, you know, it, it works not just for, because it's such a exuberant time, it works not just for, you know, rejuvenating your wallet or your finances or your prosperity. It also works in, for love and lust and fertility. And, and, you know, I mean, I grew up watching Camelot and singing the Lusty Month of May song, you know, so there's <laughs> yes. all kinds of, you know, 
just bursting forth that comes with that kind of rain energy. And, and it's one of my favorites. I, like I said, I put it in a lot of my different formulas. It's in a lot of different formulas in all my books because I think it really does carry that sacred energy with it. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so true. It, it's, it's, <laughs> I actually have a dozen jars of moon water <laughs> from nice. like the last lunar eclipse. And my kids are like, what the hell are we supposed to do with all these damn jars? And I'm like, don't touch them. Don't do anything no. to them. Those are, those are for magic. Step away from the bottles. Oh, yeah, okay. Cause we had, there was, yeah, there was a period of time where we went without water. They had to shut the water off here, and um, they, you know, they were working on the pipes and stuff. And and the kids are like, "Oh, well, we've got this water." I'm like, "Put bottles down." <laughs> <laughs> don't you be touching that. You don't know what kind of spell I put on that goddamn water. Now yeah, leave it alone right? and go wait. <laughs> yes. oh, right. oh my gosh. Uh, not yours. That's for magic. Know the difference. I mm-hmm. marked the bottles. It's not like you can't read. Okay, that's good. But anyway. <laughs> that's good. Well, Lilith Dorsey, we are rapidly coming to the end of the show. Tell folks where they can catch up with you. And if you've got anything online going on, let them know now. Okay. Well, they can find me on social media. I'm Lilith Dorsey everywhere on social media. I also have my own website, LilithDorsey.com. And my most exciting thing, in addition to this book, Water Magic, that you should go out and get, I am starting a YouTube show called Papa Culture with my co-host Jason Winslade, and we're going to deal with the crossroads of pop culture and the occult. So we're going to be discussing, you know, hardcore Wizard of Oz and the craft, and, you know, we're doing a workshop later today about Lovecraft Country, and, you know, so there's going to be a lot of real interesting things going on with that, and I'm excited. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Oh, I want to check that out. I need the link to the show. Please pass that to me, and I'll put it up on the show page. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, you know, I meant to ask you about Lovecraft Country. It's like 9,000 things I want to talk to you about. But um, what what are your opinions on Lovecraft Country? I mean, I think the workshop we're doing today is on racialized magic and generational trauma, and I think that's really the two themes that are going on around there and, and how it's this sort of ancestral reclaiming and who owns what and, you know, where everything stands. So I I think it's educational, you know, not necessarily in a pagan way all the time, but from a historical point of view. But I think it also shows people how people make meaning and how people affect change. And that's one of the things that I really love about the show. That's great. So this workshop is when? What time? Chicago Pagan Pride at 4 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, you can go to right Greater on. Chicago Land Pagan Pride on Facebook and see the schedule and how to get on and everything. But we're hoping to record it, and that should be on my YouTube channel too, Lilith Dorsey, so people can find it there later. That's wonderful. Lilith, thank you so much for spending some time with me. I'm going to, like, hit you up in a few minutes for you to come back on hopefully soon. And That's uh, great. thank I you again. You. I love this show. Yes. <laughs> Oh, thank you. And and I adore you. So I, I really appreciate you so much. The book is Water Magic. 
get out there and pre-order it. If you haven't ordered it, get it. Just get online to get it. It's, it's a great book. It will answer so much. And it's a great guide to how to use, how to use water in anything. Again, spell in a glass. Seriously, and and Lilith has done the work for you. Get the book; it's amazing. Lilith Dorsey, adore you. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much, and have a blessed day. You too. Thank you, Raina. Thank you, Doll. Talk to you soon. All right, folks. I will be back next week, next Friday, next Friday. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't have the show schedule in front of me, but I'll be here next Friday. Everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Check out Lilith Dorsey. Go to the website, lilithdorsey.com. Lilith Dorsey is available everywhere across social media. A wonderful person, an amazing writer. You won't be disappointed, I promise. Talk to you all next Friday. Have a blessed week.